Hello everyone, I am Mirta Hurtado Rivas. No VIPs or rock stars, just simple people sharing their life stories to trigger discussions around important topics or simply to inspire us to embrace challenges ourselves. Welcome to Leadership. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Leadership. Today is World Mental Health Day. And I'm very happy to be here with uh, two of my dear colleagues, Najat Temusa and Marek Lashevsky. Um, as you may remember, during the month of May, we tried to raise awareness about mental health by raising a couple of questions and asking others to share their insights and experience about mental health. We continue to try to raise awareness about this important matter because it has been acknowledged that stigma is the biggest challenge that we have to face in this context. And hence, what better way to actually raise awareness and keep the discussion going, the conversation going, than by speaking about it openly. So with that, I'll just kick it right off. And my first question goes to Marek. Marek, um, so we are, we are both lawyers. Uh, and we know well uh, what being a lawyer sometimes may uh, mean or may kind of push us to do, what type of attitudes we have to display. Can you share your thoughts as to how you see the tension field between, you know, mental health and happiness even, and then being a lawyer and overachieving? Mm. So I have to say I'm, I'm struggling with... Uh... With it, I would love. I've been doing a lot of research into different articles, trying to say, trying to find a good evidence-based uh, proof that this is not a contradiction. That you you can have both, and actually, maybe there is <laughs> even uh, your success will somehow be better if if you're if you don't follow this grindset hustle culture uh, mentality. So I've got some assistance, but it's tiny. I, I, I think I'm still, I'm still struggling. Actually, the grind and the hustle culture is the words I've, I've learned today. Uh, and the, the Polish social media is absolutely abuzz with it for, for, for various reasons. Maybe we'll get to talk about that later on. But I'm, it's an area I'm struggling with. I want to be successful. And I, uh, I've put a lot of... Uh, uh, effort into it uh, but I also want to be healthy I want to be happy I want to recognize I also want to build a team that allows different people to participate in it so I, I want this diversity and maybe people who are you know who have a different lifestyle and that's fine actually that that will bring in a, a quality to the team uh, but I, I don't have an answer I'm, I don't, I'm not going to have too many answers today I'm afraid Martha. great thank you um, Najat, I know that we have been discussing in particular some parallels between lawyers and athletes uh, in particular because that's an area that you are very interested in, um, you know, into how to be a good athlete and how to, you know, be um, healthy also in a physical way. Uh, can you maybe share why you think the parallel makes sense? What are some of the traits of character um, that both... Um, groups of people have 
Hi, Myrta. So yes, thank you for having me today um, on this very important topic. I am indeed very interested in um, lifestyle, sports, and I've noticed uh, um, a link between the two professions or some similarities between um, uh, high-level sports people and lawyers in terms of their um, personalities. But for that, we need to go a step back and talk about uh, personalities as it's defined on the MBT1. Uh, so the Myers-Briggs type indicator, which lists 16 personalities. And uh, when uh, those tests are uh, submitted to lawyers, um, you will be very surprised to hear that um, one very specific uh, type of personality comes back and represent five times more uh, uh, the lawyers uh, and it's the INTG. So you can always uh, check also if you want more information about the MBT1 and this very specific personality type. But um, what it says, it's that um, ENTGs tend to enjoy being challenged intellectually and working in an environment that is hard driving and uh, for them achievement is very important. Um, so I'm giving you a little bit of information with regards to this personality, but um, I will not give you all of the information right now because I want to keep some uh, surprises for, for later. And um, what we know uh, in terms of uh, similarities with athletes is that both want to win. And for both, there is only one way or, um, and it's winning, it's overachieving. Um, and uh, that's the main uh, similarity between the two. We will dig more later on and uh, discuss further uh, the analogy between the two, if you if you wish to. Excellent. Thank you so much. And um, well, I think it's always good to start um, with some personality traits, right? Because I think those that you just mentioned, I think many of us can relate to, uh, not always in the most proud way, but uh, at least my, from my side, when I look at uh, uh, some of my team members and my colleagues, I can see that they're the passion to win and actually it's called like that right and you look for people who they have a passion to win right and uh, as lawyers and and very often that's something that we like to find in the people we recruit but marek i know that you found also some some different actually data and i was quite um surprised actually by hearing that there may be actually other traits that um law firms or companies are looking for in the lawyers um, can you maybe share some of that? Because I think it's it, it, it's kind of eye-opening when you hear it. Yeah, I, I wasn't actually looking for it. I was looking for evidence that would prove that you don't have to be the overachiever and still be, still be successful. What I found is this uh, amazing uh, uh, article in Financial Times where essentially they say there's this one HR director who's quoted and she says, I was like a drug dealer. I was looking for people who are going to be hooked, who are going to be insecure, and are going to be hooked on this high status that this firm offers. 
And that's who I wanted. I wanted people who were insecure and who would basically run themselves to the ground, uh, making the success of this, of this law firm. And, uh, it was actually an accounting firm, but I, I think the, 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 the logic applies, uh, and, uh, do you have to do that? Do I, I, I still, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that this is an element, but there's, this is something that was somehow molded into the, this old fashioned, uh, model where you had the up or out, uh, principle. So you either moved up or you were, you were out of the firm. And then of course, partner was the, the, uh, the ultimate prize. Uh, but then of course there were stages in partners as well. So yeah, it actually never ends, but the, the, and then the other thing, the billable hour, yeah. Or how much profit have you generated? How much, how much business have you, how much portable business do you have when you come into the, into the law firm? So I, I think this model, maybe it's dead. I hope it is. Uh, it's certainly crumbling as we, as we speak. Uh, and maybe the, the dawn of that model will somehow bring a, a better one that actually will generate uh, success. Uh, but will will effectively, you know, leave leave people uh, uh, leave people free to 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 be uh, who they are. So, Marek, just I want to dig a little bit deeper here, because you mentioned in your starting actually statement that you actually yourself struggle right with the I want to do very well in my profession and hence. I work very hard. At the same time, you want to have a healthy life. Um, now you stated as well, and I think it's it's very closely linked. It's the mindset that we were brought up with, and that most of us still believe somehow in our subconscious is that if you just work the right amount of time, so if you stick to your 40, 45 hours of work during a week, that success is just further away or that actually ultimately you will never succeed because in order to succeed, you have to do more than anyone else. You have to kind of uh, display that your commitment is, is very, very strong and that you are happy to kind of let other things go. And very often that's time and time that translates into time with friends, family, loved ones, your community. So when you think about that context of the, as you mentioned, rather old fashioned mentality and the struggle of wanting to fight balance, what do you think um, could be different ways at looking at success? Because for me, the definition of success is what we need to work on because otherwise we'll always fall into the same kind of, you know, hamster wheel. <laughs> if, if it's doing more, which will actually lead to success and success is being identified as being more than others, then we definitely never got out of those vicious circles. Do you have, you know, kind of what, when you have done some research and, and thought about this, is there anything that you believe we could start to do or try to do in order to better define the way to be successful or even to define what success translates into. Yeah. Just to state my subjectivity 
anxious overachiever, this insecure person is who I am. Yeah. My name is Marek and I'm an anxious overachiever, uh, is, is the confession. But I, I did found, find one uh, uh, study that I thought was interesting. Uh, and it's, you know, you come from a, you used to work for a pharma. Evidence-based medicine is an important part. And I think that's that's something I, I try to do. I try to make evidence-based decisions. So here we go. We, this is a study done in the US uh, and it's 2,000 lawyers, a random sample of, of, of 2,000 lawyers who, uh, who were administered a very broad questionnaire on the type of feedback they receive or, or looking at where does your employer attach value to, to your work. Uh, and then secondly, they were given a lot of standardized health questionnaires, both mental and physical. Actually, there wasn't that much of a difference between mental and physical, which is an interesting uh, uh, another interesting point in this study. And they, they found that the correlation, they found they were looking for different correlations. The, the, the two things they really found to correlate was what is the basis of your feedback? What is the basis of the value that your employer assigns to your work? Correlates very strongly with, uh, with your health, uh, both mental and physical. So if the basis is your profit generation potential, individual, uh, the billable hours again, yeah? Or uh, how many clients have you brought? How much business have you brought in? If you're more uh, a sales generating uh, attorney, uh, so or if if the basis your availability, how how many hours are you available to the to the employer? Uh, the health uh, standard, the health uh, uh, value was was much lower than. If the feedback or the value that the, your employer, you felt your employer assigns to you, was uh, was based on your overall value as a person or on your professionalism, uh, and the lowest, by the way, was when you had no, uh, when you got no feedback at all. Uh, okay, that that's really interesting, and I would like to once more bridge here to something you said before. Because actually, when we think about feedback and when we think about the fact that you just stated that health may be improved by simply making sure that the basis of the feedback we provide is not solely based on productivity, but that it's based on the value of you as a person. And you mentioned diversity too. And as you know, diversity is a very important topic for leadership. So I think we, we kind of see a pattern here, right? So we see a pattern that tells us, first and foremost, we need to start thinking about the human aspect of the individual being an employee. And that is not to be translated or limited only to being you know, profit generating or how many hours you will spend in the office and so on. But just... I'll give, yeah, Marek, you, you wanted to add something to that, I think. I think if you switch the feedback, I would claim, there is no proof in the research, but I would claim you're still going to be generating at least as much money as you were before. You just switch the feedback. You don't switch. There's no other variables that are being changed. Yes, uh, but, but I happy. think, right, if, if you switch the feedback, it means that as a manager, you also need to change your values. Right, because and if you change your values, you don't only change the feedback; you change the entire organization. So I think it's a first very good step, and probably 
a more simple one to implement. So this could be a really good recommendation for all managers out there. When you give feedback, check in with you as to what are you basing your feedback on. But I think if you continuously do that, you will end up in a position where you're actually changing the values of how you measure people. Um, I'll pause there with this one because it's a really interesting one, but I know that Naja has something to contribute to the angle of this, to this perspective, and also with um, some characteristics that she still wanted to disclose and, and discuss with us. So yes, Mieta, that's, that's true. Uh, so basically, to, you were talking about the managers changing um, the, the way or what they expect from, from the lawyers, but I think it, it goes be, beyond that. Uh, and um, I think really, again, the first step is it's the people's personality. Uh, and uh, now I'm, that I'm going back to that, I will give you more about this specific personality. We've done the analogy with athletes. Um, um, before for the manager to, to change what he expects or she expects from, from the lawyers, I think it's, a, it's work that needs to be undertaken by, by, by not only the manager, but the lawyers as well. And to, to do this work properly, I think uh, we need to understand our own personality, who we are, and uh, I think this exercise of um, going into that, that test and, uh, and then reading the report about uh, our personality and understanding what means those letters, for example, INTG. I is for, um, for being introverted versus ex extroverted. Okay, so this one is very easy. Uh, the, the N is for being intuitive. Uh, so, and, and by that, uh, we say that the individuals uh, with the intuition, intuition tray think in terms of ideas and possibilities. They are curious-minded and they question the world around them, which, is, which fits perfectly with the lawyer. Uh, their minds are constantly trying to make connections between concepts. Um, although they can make external observation, the main energy is directed inward. So they are very intellectual people and the, the, the T is for thinking. Um, so people, again, with the thinking tray, they seek logical and rational arguments. So which, when you hear that, you think again about the, the lawyer. So that's why the INTG uh, reportedly occurs five times more frequently in attorneys than in the population at large. So when we know that, not only we know how to... Um, we understand ourselves, but managers also, uh, they, they know what to expect from, from the lawyers in their team, how to um, behave with them, exchange with them, talk, etc. But that's for a fact, and I go back to my next point, the lawyer is an, achieve, is an overachiever, and people with this personality, they are overachievers. It can be with their... their their job, but it will be also outside. If they play a game at home with family and friends, they will want to win. It, it is what <laughs> it is. <laughs> and the, the fact to know it, it's, it's good because they, they know they're like that or we are like that and they can um, have this one step back and think about it and try to, to have a different approach and different behave, behavior with it. And then when we talk about mental health 
um, we can also um, apply those rules, which is what should I do for my mental health, knowing my personality and the fact I am an overachiever. Excellent. Thank you. I'd like to highlight two points here. I think the first one is that I think the study that Marek referenced to was not so much about the expectations that managers have, but it's really about what you base your, your, your feedback on. And so it's really about, and I agree with Marek, you can continue to want to have the best result in terms of quality for a matter project or client or whatever. But when you give the feedback, the basis is not anymore, did you do, did you bring in thousand dollars or rather the basis could be, did the business results really align with what we wanted to achieve in this case? So changing the focus, I think the expectations are pretty much, can continue to be the same, but they will be kind of adjusted with respect to what the basis is. And I think that, and you're right, uh, Najat, it will not end with the expectation nor with the values. It's really then, it's just a perspective. And sometimes we just need to look at things from a different perspective to give it also the space to include the human side of things, the individual traits. The other thing I wanted to highlight, and I think it's super important, it's really the fact that you mention it, it's the self-awareness part. And I think that that's a very important topic for mental health because I consider or I have considered my mental health issues the same way I consider, and I know it's, it sounds very weird, but I have said this before, it's like I consider it like going to the dentist. There is times I go and the dentist finds nothing. He says like, oh, just cleaning the teeth will be fine. And that's it for today. Put some floor on it and that's okay. And there is times I'll go and says, oh my God, what's wrong here? You'll need to come another two times because we have to fix this tooth. And I see it the same way. So for me, mental health starts with checking in with myself. How do I feel? Do I feel I need help? Should I go and check with someone? Should someone hold up a mirror? And should I look at what's happening to me? And accordingly, then sometimes we'll say, well, no, you're fine. You know, that's totally okay what you're going through. Or sometimes we'll be, oh gosh, yeah. Seems that here you're going through something that we need to work on. And yeah, maybe we'll need a couple of sessions or you'll need a landing friend to help you through that. Um, we have only a couple of minutes left for, for our podcast. But Marek, um, when, when you hear self-awareness, I think that one of the things that you also kind of have identified is not only what type of people employers are looking for, but also the question as to what type of environment we as employees want to work in. What type of feedback is it that makes us tick? Can you maybe share your thoughts on that and how you know how you perceive that? Yeah, here, here come, comes my example from the buzz, which is everywhere in Polish uh, social networks now. Uh, and it's these three interviews that generated it. Uh, and they're both people, they're both all very successful people from sort of my generation, 
maybe some of them are a bit older, some of them are a bit younger. One is a lawyer, one is an art dealer, and one is a journalist. And they all say more or less the same thing. They all went out there and somehow in an interview on another topic said, oh, the youth today, they don't work like we did. They don't, they've got everything given on a silver platter. You know, we used to work 16 hours a day. And they've been slaughtered in uh, in the blog sphere and in and quite frankly so, you know. They're all successful people. They're all very good at what they do. Uh, and they actually did work a lot. Uh, it was this crazy time also in Poland, uh, the early 90s, uh, where there was these magnificent opportunities. So I think there is, the world is shifting. And, 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 uh, uh, and, uh, and I think it's good. And people are asking for something, uh, people are asking for something else. They're not saying, they still want to be successful. They still want to run a business that is profitable. Uh, but they're asking for a different thing. So I think if we, I think there is hope in that if people who don't understand that will be slaughtered on social networks <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll eventually end up having a business problem. I think that's, that's very clear. So, you know, I, I empathize with them a lot because I understand. I went through the same grind culture in, 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 a, in part of my life that they did. Uh, but I, I hope I will not say things, you know, this, we lived in the bottom of the lake in, in a rolled up newspaper and, and so on. Um, I, I hope I don't say that. So I think that's, 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 that's uh, a big lesson also in terms of self-awareness and what we went through. But what do we want to do now is a completely different question. We don't have to continue doing uh, whatever has been done to us or whatever we've been, uh, we've been uh, grinding ourselves through. Excellent. Thank you so much. And, and I think, as you say, and as we're getting to the end before I hand over to Najat, I think the important message here is there is hope. Because I think that, um, and, and will for our listeners, there is the second podcast, or better said, the first, and this is the second, depending on how you listen to them. But in any case, we will be hearing about the fact that, um, you know, what it is that um, we could change or what it is that mental health is and, and how many of us it affects. And for those that are listening and believe that they are not touched by mental health issues, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Um, all of us go through mental health issues to smaller or bigger extents, but it's something that's common that we have all in common as human beings and probably it's a common trait that we share. Um, and, and I think it's really important to see that there is hope. There, there is a change of mindset. We need to acknowledge that the new generation is also has a different type of mentality. And we, in particular, are responsible for making sure that they don't go through the same pains that we did, right? It would be a pity if we wouldn't learn anything based on our own experience. And again, I think here, what we're trying to do is also share a little bit of our own experiences so that we can spread the word and have a more open discussion and dialogue about it. Najat, so when you, you know, when you think about recommendations or something that you would like to close with um, for our listeners to, to maybe even, you know, get some guidance or, or some further hope, uh, what would you say? So with the risk of um, uh, always uh, having this uh, willingness to win, overachieve and, um, and, uh, and be the best, there is also the um, the the advantage that uh, and this attribute that lawyers they are self confident they love adrenaline um, they have a strong sense of motivation and self discipline 
they are natural goal setter, they are perfectionist. So what I would say and the recommendations are the same way we would give this recommendation to um, someone um, who pursue, pursue a career in, 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 uh, in the sports, in uh, athletics or anything, is that, so take some time, breathe, um, have some quality time with family, allocate time for friends, community, uh, have a step back. But more importantly, when you work with people, ask to define the goals of a project uh, upfront when working with others. So you understand what is expected and that's very important for this type of personality and for the lawyers in general. This way, um, you will always know what you're working on to achieve. And by knowing that, you know what you have to do to achieve or overachieve. Uh, so this will help you to stay on task and keep the team striving towards the same thing if you're working with a team. Make it your responsibility to create a schedule uh, or to allocate jobs for yourself or others. And when you're working with others um, who don't automatically require as much structure as you, um, uh, by doing that, uh, you give them space and you give yourself space as well. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a way that allows for everybody to work um, in the most peaceful environment and the less stressful uh, environment possible. So I would just give those recommendations, which is ask for um, this clarification from upfront before starting working on anything. Uh, so you know uh, where you're going and you know inside you what you have to do to, to get there without being overly stressed. Thank you. I think you touch uh, upon a couple of points that, uh, that, that really resonate with me and I can see that Marek agrees with that, is the fact that very often, in general, um, the type of personality that you define are really people who want to have want to know what exactly they're chasing and want to you know they, they want to have goals and sometimes we invent those goals because <laughs> we we just need that to function um i think it's really a good advice to say first of all to self-reflect and structure what you yourself are gonna do and um, define that for yourself but then also um, to get some clarity when you are in teams right? Who is going to do what? Who is going to contribute in which area? And I think the important part of that is also to say, when you think about roles, it's not only about specific tasks, but it also includes the personality of the others. So you might have others that have a totally different personality, and you need to just consider that they can contribute as much and to the same extent of quality and value as you, even though you're not the same type of people. So diversity once again comes in and, and gives you that power to leverage the right people for the right tasks, right? So I think that's a that's really important message because it's not only about you, it, it then is the organizational part of it is really important. And what I hear as well is, and I think that's a, a good conclusion for, for today is we need to strive for balance, right? And we need to acknowledge that 
um, our productivity goes down after 40 hours per week. That's scientifically proven. We don't need to continue to, to work for 50, 60, 70, or 80 hours. It's just that there's a dramatic decrease of productivity. And let's stop lying to ourselves by, by, by telling us that we are the one exception that, uh, that, you know, that, that confirms the rule. We are not. And we need to figure out how to have a resourceful time, downtime, so that we can be again in the overachieving role, but without being anxious about it. So trying to balance that out and, and trying to find some, some space for, for our physical health and for our mental health. And I liked also the fact that Marek pointed out in, in, in the survey that was done with these 2000 lawyers, the questions between mental health and physical health were almost identical and aimed at the same. And I couldn't agree more with that. Um, if we, you know, and the Romans already were aware of it, that, right? We know all the same. Um, so let's maybe just um, as, a, as, a, as a recommendation and suggestion, um, let's try um, all of us to continue spreading the word about mental health issues. Um, I challenge all of you uh, that follow us and that know us um, to spread the word about it, have discussions. Take advantage of the fact that um, today is World Mental Health Health Day. And maybe who knows, you know, by just simply speaking about it, we may be doing just what we need to do, which is um, talking about it and just one step closer to having a healthier work environment. With that, Najat and Marek, thanks so much for being here today. It was great to have you and hear from you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, everyone, and talk to you soon. I hope you liked this episode of Leadership in English. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on your respective platform and subscribe to our podcast. See you soon!